Welcome to Always the Jags. With the NFL season only a couple of weekends away, so crazy that it's starting already, um, we're going to be talking about the Jaguars 53-man roster. I was originally going to do a, a roster prediction after the preseason, um, but I didn't get a chance to rec- I wanted to do it after the, the game against the Dolphins. And then after that game, they started cutting down names so quickly. And the prediction, my prediction, ended up lining up pretty much with what the 53 roster ended up being. So I'll just talk about what my surprises are and what I thought and who I thought was going to be on the roster. And then we'll kind of go from there. First of all, Duval, Jaguars are going to be so good this year. Watching that drive against the Dolphins, and I guess that was the Dolphins starters on defense, but I mean, the Dolphins are coached by Vic Fangio right now, and that's one of the best defensive minds in football. And so, again, it's the preseason, they weren't throwing out all their stops, but to see the way Trevor Lawrence effortlessly moved us down the field on two straight drives, like had Tank Bigsby not fumbled, those would have been two touchdowns. Easy. Like, easy money. And, like, if if Tanks Bigsby didn't fumble on the one-yard line, Doug probably would have pulled the starters out because Trevor Lawrence just looked so good and, like, he's in so much command of this offense. So it really has me excited for everything to come. Um, I think we're definitely going to be talking about the Jaguars having the number one seed in the AFC. Um, but for right now, let's break down the roster. Um, and talk a little bit about what I'm going to do this year. Um, so this year, I'm going to try to release the podcast on Tuesdays. I know today is Thursday, but I'm going to start by releasing it on Tuesday. So next Tuesday, I'll probably drop another one, getting us a little bit more ready for the season. Um, actually, the next one I drop will be more about fantasy football and what I'm going to be talking about. So because I'm going to be talking about primarily the Jaguars, what we're doing, how we're looking, talk about a review of the last week's game, as well as my prediction for the game coming up stat leaders and then i'm going to be talking about fantasy football who won who didn't win who i'm going to draft who i think you know is going to be a good person to pick up and so next week i'll drop pretty heavily into fantasy football but for today we're going to talk about the 53-man roster for the jacksonville jaguars for the quarterbacks no real surprise here trevor lawrence cj bethard is his backup um you know trevor lawrence to me like uh, uh, really any player in the NFL, like they call them veterans after like the first couple of years. I think you're a rookie until you finish out your rookie contract. And I say that to say like Trevor Lawrence is still kind of a rookie. Like he's still young enough in the NFL that having a veteran presence behind him is extremely valuable. Nathan Rourke made some incredible preseason plays, but Trevor Lawrence doesn't need that. Trevor Lawrence needs C.J. Beathard to make him better. This whole season is about making Trevor Lawrence better. And Nathan Rourke can't provide that, you know, um, steady hand presence. Like, you know, C.J., it's kind of like a pseudo coach role is what C.J. Beathard is doing. And he can pilot the offense for a couple of drives. You know, if Trevor's out, if Trevor gets hurt in the middle of the season, um, that will hurt us a lot. um, Because I don't think C.J. Beathard is a guy that can win you multiple games in a row um but he's a guy that's there to make trevor better and that's what he does and that's what he's continuing to do hopefully nathan Rourke gets on the practice squad if he clears ravers um but there's a lot of teams that saw the plays that he made and they could use a back quarterback like that so i guess we'll see but definitely a practice squad candidate and i'd say like when trevor lawrence is in like his fifth sixth year you know he won't really need that cj bethard type having a younger guy like nathan Rourke behind him something like that as the backup, that's when that would make sense. 
Moving on to running backs, I wasn't sure if we were going to keep four. Um, if we were going to keep four, it was very obvious that it was going to be Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby, Deionis Johnson, and Jamichael Hasty. I think the question was just, were we going to keep four or not? And so since we're keeping four, this is probably, I mean, it might be premature to say it, but I would say this is the deepest running back room in the NFL. Like, every single guy on here has starting experience except for Tank Bigsby. And he already looks like a starter based upon the runs that he made. And you saw the way when Doug had the first team offense, I think he had Tank Bigsby out there a little bit more than he's going to throughout the season just because he wanted to see what Bigsby could do. Um, but that's probably the way he's going to do it. Mix it up. Like, you got to either defend us through the air with Trevor Lawrence chucking passes to Ridley and Kirk, or you got to fight against two different kinds of running backs. You've got Travis Etienne, a guy who's going to slip between guys and has that home-breaking speed. Or you've got Tank Bigsby. He's literally a tank. And so just by switching it up, it's like it's going to confound defenses so much. And we already saw exactly what it did to Miami. Two touchdowns. And so and that heavy reliance on the run is only going to make Trevor Lawrence better. I know people probably didn't like how much that we ran the ball. But especially getting Calvin Ridley more and more into the offensive, I think we're going to see a lot more running the ball at the beginning of the year. And then the passing game is going to open up more as Calvin Ridley gets more and more used to being back in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think this is the deepest group. Like, if any of these guys get hurt, if Tank Bigsby gets hurt, I'm not worried. If Travis Etienne gets hurt, I'm not worried. Now, if they're out for the season, that's a different story. But any of these guys can pick up. And, like, Deionis Johnson is the perfect backup to Tank Bigsby. In the game where he started, he had 153 yards. And Jermichael Hasty has had crazy games with, like, 100 yards before. You can easily back up Travis Etienne. I think it's the perfect complements of guys. I still think we drafted Tank Bigsby a little bit early, and I don't really think we needed to draft a running back then. But we have him, and now we have the deepest running back room in the NFL. So, moving on to wide receivers. Um, I was a little surprised that we decided to keep seven. Um, my prediction on who was going to make the first six spots, I was spot on. Obviously, Calvin Ridley, obviously, Christian Kirk, obviously, Jay Jones. Those are our big three. Jamal Agnew is the return guy and a backup guy who can make some plays as well. Obviously, had to keep him. Um, I figured we were going to keep Parker Washington because I don't think he showed as much in the preseason as we would have liked to see. But based upon his upside, the fact that we drafted him and he had a good camp, I figured he was going to make the roster. And then Tim Jones, he's a great special teams guy, a great gunner. Um, and then when he caught that, uh, I think 74 yard touchdown from, it was either Rourke or Bethard in the preseason game against the Dolphins. I knew that sealed it. He had that six wide receiver spot. Um, the thing Elijah Cooks was able to make it as a rookie, which I think is really cool. It was either between him and Seth Williams. I feel like Jacob Harris was good, but like, he's kind of that same like speedy receiver. And I think Tim Jones already is faster than him. And we, we already have that in Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, and Tim Jones. And Harris didn't offer more than what they had. However, between Seth Williams and Elijah Cooks, I really do think it was a toss-up. And they do offer us another possession-type jump ball big guy receiver. Because we don't really have that. Like, Calvin Ridley is more of like a route-running demon. Christian Kirk, again, kind of the same thing. He's fast. And then Zay Jones is a field stretcher. I mean, Christian Kirk is like a slot guy. And Zay Jones is the field stretcher. And so, like, Allen Robinson was, like, that possession-type receiver that we had. And that's kind of what we want to do with Parker Washington. But I think 
Elijah Cook showed a lot of that in the preseason. And so keeping him, I think, is a good idea. Because even in red zone situations, you know, Doug might say, you know, Cooks, go out there for a play. You know, see if you can catch his touchdown. And we might see a lot of that, which would be, which would be really cool. And so this wide receiver room, I mean, again, I'm not going to say it's the deepest in the NFL, but I would challenge you to name me three wide receiver rooms that are better or deeper, I guess. <clears throat> you know, like the Bengals have a big three with Chase, Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Obviously, they're all excellent, and Higgins would be a number one receiver on a number of NFL teams, but they still don't really have a field stretcher, you know, and there's not really any guys beyond that. Um, and then you look at the Dolphins, like I said, obviously it's Hill and Waddle, but then who else? There's, there's no one else besides Hill and Waddle. And obviously they're extremely fast and like worth like two receivers in and of themselves. But the point is the depth. We have so much depth for our wide receiver room. Like just two years ago, this was our weakest position. And now it might be our strongest. Like I think quarterback is still our strongest. But again, the work that we've done with our wide receivers. And then that 68 pass that Calvin Ridley caught. Yeah, he's going to be fine. He's going to make beautiful music with Trevor Lawrence. Then we have tight ends. Um, tight ends, I kind of thought we were only going to keep three. Um, I wasn't sure if we were going to. All the reports were saying that we were going to keep four because Garrett Prince was just lighting it up in camp. Um, but I don't think Garrett Prince was doing enough. Like Part of a reason why people um, will put a player on the 53-man roster is if they think they won't clear waivers. But to me, I don't think Garrett Prince did enough to prove that like he's not going to claim, claim waiters, waivers. He seems like he's going to be a great practice field guy, um, practice squad guy. And I think that's what he's going to end up being. So we kept um, three starters. Um, obviously, Evan Ingram was the starter for the tight ends after he got that deal done. That was not much of a surprise. And then we have Luke Farrell and Brenton Strange. And again, when Brenton Strange was picked, I wasn't a huge fan of it because, you know, from everything that I had read, I didn't even know who Brenton Strange was. Darnell Washington in the draft was like the blocking tight end, and that's what we needed after we lost Chris Manhurts. And um, I thought Darnell Washington, like, seeing as he was available in the second round, I don't know why we didn't pick him. The fact that we could have got him in the third round. And I still don't know who's ultimately going to be better. Um, but from what I've heard, Darnell Washington has been hurt most of camp. And I'm not sure if he made the Steelers 53. Brenton Strange, however, during the preseason and camp, all he's been doing is laying guys out in the run game. And he is such a willing blocker. And I think he really loves it. Like, he really, really loves blocking. And so I think Brenton Strange, though, like, He's been he's been just mauling people in the run game, and heard Brenton Strange has been just mauling guys in the run game, and so I don't know they say tight end is one of the toughest positions to adjust to in the NFL. I think Brenton Strange comes in in the perfect situation because he's not the starting tight end. So for his first year, they're like, hey, Evan Ingram is the pass catcher. Brenton Strange, work on blocking. Work on one thing. Get really good at blocking because that's what we need. And that's what he was good at in college. And so I think that he can develop that receiving set. Um, he's still a threat to receive. Like He has good hands and he's caught some really good passes. But it's like this will give him a chance to really hone in 
and be so good at that. And then I don't know if he'll eventually take over for Evan Ingram, but having that tight end who can do both. So like, like when George Kittle is on the field, you don't know if they're going to run or throw because George Kittle is just a threat of as much to block as he is. So it puts the defense in a bind. You don't know exactly what they're going to do when they come out. But if Ever Ingram comes out into the field, they know, okay, Evan Ingram doesn't really block very well. It's probably going to be a throw to him. Brenton Strange comes out, they're probably going to know, hey, again, probably going to be a throw, probably going to be a run because Brenton Strange doesn't catch very well. So like the defense can tell what you're going to do. But eventually, Brenton Strange might be able to take over that role. Next, we're going to talk about the offensive linemen. So for the offensive linemen, um, it's not really much of a surprise here. We're keeping eight. Again, we got Walker Little, Ben Barch, Luke Fortner, Brandon Scherf, Anton Harrison as the starters. And then Tyler Shatley, Cooper Hodges, and Cole Van Lannen because, of course, Cam Robinson is serving suspension. And so we definitely need to have a backup center in there. And it's nice that Shatley can play a little guard. So if Scherf gets hurt or Barch gets hurt, he can also come in. Um, Cooper Hodges, I think, is a rookie that they want to maybe take over for Scherf one day. Um, so I'm glad that he made the roster. It shows that he's making progress. Um, I think that's a fine backup to have. And then I think Cole Van Lannen, he's just kind of like Josh Wells, I think, was going to be that swing guy. But they ended up, he ended up getting hurt. So now Cole Van Lannen is there. And then when Cam's eligible to come back from suspension, I think they're probably just going to release Cole Van Lannen and let Cam come back onto the roster. And so the question there becomes like, what do you do? Because, you know, Cam Robinson is a starting caliber tackle who will be the swing tackle if Anton Harrison and Walker Little are playing as well as they did against the Dolphins because they are both have been playing lights out. And apparently they've just pretty much been all good. I always thought Walker Little was at least as good as Cam Robinson, if not chance to be better. I think he's proven that this year. And Anton Harrison, like if you listen to Tony Baselli talk about him, apparently he's just picking everything up right away. Not even, it's not even difficult for him. And so it, will they like slide walk a little to guard? Will they make Cam Robinson play guard over Ben Barch? It's hard to know. Um, I don't think they'll put Little or Harrison on the bench when Cam comes back if they're both playing well. because. You just keep that going. And if those are your guys for the future, you just want them to keep getting better with more reps. Honestly, if anything, based upon when Josh Wells comes back or when he recovers from his injury, Cam Robinson might make a really good trade bit before the season, before the trade deadline happens. Uh, I would probably keep him right up until then because, again, you don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know what's going to happen. And you don't know another team might have a guy get hurt and suddenly they're willing to give up a premium draft pick for Cam Robinson. And in fact, because he's on our payroll, like again, the Rams traded a second and a third for Von Miller to the Broncos. And in exchange for the Broncos agreeing to pay his salary while he came over and played for the Rams and they won a Super Bowl. Now, Cam Robinson is going to transform a team the way the Rams do. However, if you have a team out there with Super Bowl aspirations and one of their guys gets hurt, and the Jaguars are like, well, We've got Cam Robinson, and our two tackles are healthy, and our swing tackle just got healthy, so we can trade your hand Cam Robinson. You want a second-round pick? You got a second-round pick? Like, 
they could trade him for a second, maybe even a third, and agree to pay his salary because we have that enough on the cap. So I don't think they would mind paying a salary for a team that's like, you know, they're about to make, you know, has Super Bowl aspirations, having a really good season, like the 49ers or something, and one of their guys gets hurt. And they need a quick fix, but they're willing to risk it all because they think they can get the Super Bowl. So I would say if we can't get more than a third or a second for Cam, I wouldn't trade him towards the deadline. Um, and I would offer to pay his salary, even possible. Um, otherwise, there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of good tackles. Cam Robinson will probably more than likely not be here next year. There's no doubt about that. If you can get something for him before you have to release him, excellent. I don't think he looked as great as we would have liked because um, you do want him to look really good because you want him to be attractive to other teams as well. But you also want your tackles to feel very comfortable in their positions. So um, it creates an interesting dynamic. But overall, I think Walker Little and Harrison are going to start for the entire year. I don't know if they're going to put Cam in at guard. I really don't think so, because I think they're going to let Ben Barch do his thing and see how well that he does. If he's like really struggling, then they maybe will put him in, but I don't necessarily see if Cam can play guard better. And so like I said, maybe they will. Um, and then after this season, they still would have to answer that guard position though. So I think they would rather just have their answers all set right now. And then if Cam Robinson becomes a good trade target, we could do it. And that would be even better because that Almost, it would be like trading Cam Robinson for Calvin Ridley. That works for me, um, especially because if we give Calvin Ridley a new contract, which I have a very good feeling he's going to earn himself, we have to give up a second round to the Falcons next year. Well, if Cam Robinson gets us a second rounder from a team like, I don't know, Bengals, Chiefs, somebody that's going to be right there knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, I think that's quite the worthy investment. All right, and now we're going to take a look at the defense for that 53-man roster. Overall, you know, especially after looking at the 53-man roster on the offense, we are good. We are so good. We've got weapons everywhere, deep backfield. Um, the offensive line is also deep. Uh, I feel like this is really a chance for the Jaguars to have an incredibly prolific offense. And it's weird because in the last times the Jaguars have been good, it's usually been the defense carrying the offense but this year I think it's going to be the exact opposite with the offense carrying the defense and we'll talk about it with who they decided to keep on the roster so we have outside linebackers they decided to keep four so this is our edge positions of course you got Josh Allen Trayvon Walker and then Calevon Chason and Ibsir Adula now here's the part to me where I think I'm, I'm concerned for the Jaguars because I think Trayvon Walker can take the next step, um, and I think Josh Allen, like if Trayvon Walker takes the next step, that will help Josh, help free up Josh Allen. However, I still think we had a chance and we could have brought in another guy, like the Browns. They already have Miles Garrett, and they signed, I can't remember his name, but they signed that guy from the Cowboys, and then they went and traded for Darius Smith. And so now they got a deep outside linebacker group. And that's what I think the Jaguars really needed to do. Um, I would have traded Caleb on chase on for Zadarius Smith and maybe threw in a pick. Or I would have traded for um, Daniel Hunter. Um, there's still some like good veteran 
um outside linebackers you could sign like Frank Clark for maybe a couple of downs, but it's like again, he only showed up in the postseason and he's still gonna cost at least eight million. And Zadarius Smith had ten sacks last year. So outside linebackers is probably my biggest worry and fear because we are really banking on Trayvon Walker to take the next step. And to me it's like giving up a draft pick to get a guy like Zadarius Smith. So it's like, okay, if Trayvon Walker doesn't take the next step, we still got a guy who's experienced. Or Zadarius Smith could help Trayvon Walker take the next step. And he could help mentor Josh Allen because he's been doing it longer than Josh Allen has. To me, that was all just a missed opportunity. And I don't know if there are any edge guys around the league that we could really trade for. Any guys who are on the market, especially after the Vikings re-up Daniel Hunter. It's kind of like, this is pretty much what we got. Um, I'm surprised Caleb on Chason made the roster. I probably, I like Yusir Abdullah. I think he's been standing out in the preseason in the camp. Caleb on Chason, I probably would have tried to see what I could get for him on the trading block. Um, see if there's a team that wants to take a flyer on him. And I probably would have wanted to make a trade for a veteran edge guy that maybe or maybe not might not be making the team. Like, um, even signing Unique Ngakwe, I know he doesn't want to come back here, but I mean, there were rumors that there would have been a mutual reunion. He would have been a good guy to have in the room because, yeah, he's a liability in the run game, but he's a quarterback hunter, and you can pay him for his quarterback hunting and put him in on pass rushing downs. So I guess don't really have much else to say about the outside linebackers other than that. I'm hoping Allen Walker is enough. But there's a pit in my stomach telling me that they might not be. Now, the offense hopefully will be playing with a lot of leads. And um, if we get a couple turnovers here, it'll free them up to rush the pass rusher more effectively because teams won't be able to run the ball. But even still, it's just it feels like we needed to get another veteran in that room who did it last year. To me, Zadarius Smith would have been perfect. And we kind of whiffed on that one. Next, we have defensive linemen um, where we've got Devon Hamilton. Roy Robertson Harris, Falo Fatikasi, Poli Fatikasi, um, Adam Gostas, Tyler Lacey, and Jeremiah Ledbetter for a total of six. Um, this is a good defensive lineman room. Um, I think Devon Hamilton and Roy Robertson Harris are playing really well, um, and they make a very good combination. Foley Fatikasi, I guess we'll see him healthy because he didn't have the impact that we thought he was going to have last year. So maybe a year removed from that, you know, he was fighting injuries all year. And unfortunately, Devon Hamilton is kind of out with the back issue. And we don't really know when he's going to come back in. So hopefully Foley can pick up some of that slack. And like Roy Robinson Harris, again, he played phenomenal at stretches during the year. Like when he showed up, he was just making these crazy, crazy good plays. Um, I'm kind of surprised that we redid Foley's contract be a whole nother year because I thought after last year maybe he might have been done but like I said we decided to keep him um I think Tyler Lacey has some upside Adam Gotsitz is just very um solid a very solid role player so he's good and he can play inside or outside so like they could move him to defensive end or outside linebacker a couple of times and then Jeremiah Ledbetter has some good plays in the preseason um he's a veteran guy who's kind of been around the league and I think he made himself known in the preseason, and honestly, his performance against the Lions probably got him a roster spot. And he might be playing a lot of nose tackle behind as for Devon Hamilton because he won't be in the game. And again, as far as the defense and what we could have done to improve it, I mean, Javon Hargave got a massive contract from the 49ers. I do like Devon Hamilton and Roy Robertson Harris, and I like Philly Fatukasi, but I'm like, would I trade 
two of those guys to have, because all of them are basically making $10 million each, and Javon Hargrave is making 24. So would I have traded two of them to get Javon Hargrave instead and like a, you know, another rookie in there? Probably. I probably would have signed Javon Hargrave if it was up to me. Um, but like I said, Roy Robinson Harris was playing really well. So was Devon Hamilton. And I don't think you could have afforded to have Hamilton, Robinson Harris, and Hargrave. So, you know, like I said, I think the defensive lineman room is good. Um, I hope they can get some more pocket push. It feels like they're much better at stopping the run. Like Robinson Harris has broken up a lot of plays in the backfield and just completely annihilated the run. And Devon Hamilton is very stout against, and he's been, Devon Hamilton has been doing a lot better at pocket push and inside push. And if we get some inside push, that might help with our outside linebackers as well. It'd be really nice if we had a guy that like specialized in that, I guess. Um, but again, Devon Hamilton might kind of become that guy, but he has injuries. So there's a little bit of um, room for concern on the defensive lineman. That might be a trade that we make during the season, maybe to get another one. If Devon Hamilton, if we realize we're missing that play from Devon Hamilton or the same thing outside linebackers, if we realize we're missing an edge presence, we might in the middle of the season go grab one. Inside linebackers, I'm surprised that we ended up keeping five here. Um, we have Foye Luakon, of course, Devin Lloyd, and then Chad Muma, Shaquille Quarterman, and Caleb Johnson. Uh, I'm surprised, yeah, I am surprised that we decided to keep five because usually only two are on the field at once but I suppose you know Caleb Johnson might have some special teams value I know Shaquille Quarterman plays a lot of special teams and Chad Muma kind of does but he also can play like in the game because Chad Muma I'm hoping Devin Lloyd gets a lot better but Chad Muma was really good at knowing his spot and knowing what to do and he's very solid against the run I just don't think he's as good in coverage and I think Devin Lloyd has the talent and the speed to be a lot better in coverage than Chad Muma is it's just, can he start playing with instinct? And um, if he can start, if he can just grasp the system, if um, our defensive coordinator can help, I, I'm forgetting his name for some reason, but if our defensive coordinator can help him grasp the system a little bit better, Devin Lloyd could be playing, he could play just like Miles Jack did, because Miles Jack was excellent in coverage. And that would allow Foye Luakon to make sure the rest of the defense is good and keep working as a tackle, tackling machine. So again, not entirely sure exactly how, um, or I guess that's why we decided to keep five, just in case. Um, but it's a very good inside linebackers group. It's just, there's a, like how the switch turned on for Trevor Lawrence, that switch needs to turn on for Devin Lloyd because everything is there. And like, like when you look at Trayvon Walker, going back up to the outside linebackers, what he's missing is the moves. He needs to learn the moves that guys use, the punches, the hits, the stunts, to get offensive linemen on him, and then his power will come with it. That's going to take time. For Devin Lloyd, it's not really, he just has to learn, this is my spot, and this is where I need to be, and when a guy comes into my zone, I can play instinctually. And so maybe our defensive coordinator can make it a little more friendly to Devin Lloyd's skill set, because I think he has the skills to be incredibly good if he can just stop getting confused. And so a whole another training camp might help him, um, we'll see. Someone even suggested moving him to edge, moving Trayvon inside, and letting Muma play full-time. Maybe that's why we decided to keep five linebackers, because, you know, throughout the season, if it seems like Devin Lloyd is not really getting it, maybe that's what we will do. If Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker aren't seeming like they're doing it as well, yeah, make Devin Lloyd a outside linebacker, let Trayvon Walker rush from the inside from the three technique as a defensive lineman, 
that would be perfectly fine, especially if Devonta Hamilton's not um not able to go for for a few weeks. So we'll see exactly what happens. Again, you don't want to. They still believe Trevon Walker is an outside guy, and I think they want to give him at least another season to do it. Um, I just know our offensive core. You know, like like the Bengals, their Super Bowl one day on their offensive core, the clock is ticking, and same for ours. So like while we're waiting for these guys on defense to develop as much as we want them to, you know, the time's gonna come where we won't be able to pay Lawrence. Ridley and Kirk and Jones all at the same time. So like we maybe have like one, two, maybe three more years with the three of the four of them all together, you know, along with Ingram and ETN before some guys having to start going. So our defense, like we, we can't wait that much longer for it to catch up. But, you know, like I said, we will see. And I'm hoping for the best. I hope Trayvon Walker turns the page at outside linebacker. And I hope Devin Lloyd turns the page at inside linebacker. Next, we have cornerbacks. Um, and cornerbacks, we decided to keep six, um, which again was, I don't think it was surprising. I thought we were going to keep five and then five safeties. Um, but for a while I was thinking that we were going to keep, I think they took one of those spots from the tight ends and they decided to keep six cornerbacks instead of keeping four tight ends. So cornerbacks, of course, we have Tyson Campbell, Darius Williams, Gregory Jr., Trey Herndon, Christian Braswell, and Monteric Brown. So Tyson Campbell is obviously a number one corner with him on the outside opposite Darius Williams. He played a lot better. Um, so we're probably going to allow Tyson Campbell to continue matching up with the team's number one wide receiver and let Darius Williams play against their second wide receiver, see how well that goes. Um, and they should be good on the outside. Sometimes they might even switch it up. I think it would be a good idea sometimes because Tyson Campbell. He is a number one corner and he is a stud, but it's like, you know, those really, really elite receivers will probably still be able to do some damage against him. You know, like he got beat, I think by, I can't remember who it was, but it was in the commanders game last year. And so he's getting better and better. Um, but sometimes like if you have a secondary receiver, you know, like Tyson Campbell can erase them. You know what I mean? Like Tyson Campbell can likely put them away. If you're playing a team like the bills and you've got Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. Well, I know Tyson Campbell can just erase Gabe Davis from the game. And so I can put Darius Williams on Stephon Diggs and then have make sure that Williams has safety help and Williams can disrupt Diggs as he's getting into his routes and his breaks because Williams has that experience as a veteran, but allow knowing that he has safety help over the top. So now Josh Allen's two outside weapons are gone because you could put Tyson Campbell on Stephon Diggs and he'll probably win, but he also might lose. And you could give him help and you could put Darius Williams on Gabe, Willi Gabe Davis. And again, he probably win, but he also might lose a couple of them. And so instead, if you switch him and give safety help, you know, that erases them completely. So that's another option that the Jaguars have as far as mixing around. But again, Tyson Campbell is 100% a stud. Love Darius Williams. He, well, I like Darius Williams. I like his play. I think he got a lot better once we took him out of the slot, which brings me to our biggest issue is 100% the slot. Trey Herndon just doesn't have the speed to play in the slot. In the preseason game, he had a really nice pass breakup. Um, and I think that's because, you know, when the field is condensed like that, it allows Trey Herndon to play a little better and a little more instinctively because he doesn't have to have that same speed to match guys coming in and out of their breaks um, because they can't do it as quickly when the field is so condensed. So he had a really nice pass breakup. And so maybe use him in the slot like when another team is in the red zone but it's like 
Michael Pittman, when he was in the slot against the Colts, we just got killed over the middle because Trey Herndon couldn't keep up with him. And there was a one point where he had, he was playing in the slot and he allowed a hundred percent passer rating. A hundred percent. No, completion percentage. Trey Herndon had allowed a hundred percent completion percentage. And so I think they're comfortable with him and I don't know why. Gregory Jr. has made some great plays. Um, his only chance to start would be in the slot. And I think he made some good plays in the preseason in the slot, but I haven't seen enough to feel good about it. Same with Christian Braswell. He's a rookie. Haven't seen enough to play to, to feel good about it. And Monteric Brown is just a backup outside corner for Campbell or Williams. And I think Junior Herndon and maybe Braswell can all play outside if need be. But the biggest question mark is definitely nickel corner. And you need one because that's why we lost to the Colts. Like, if you look at our two games, we beat them 24-0 and because Michael Pittman was out. And the guy that they had in the slot, Herndon could keep up with. The next game, we lost because whenever Matt Ryan needed to complete it, Michael Pittman would just line up in the slot, beat Trey Herndon, they moved the chain. And we lost by a touchdown. Now, that was the difference between shutting out an appointment and losing by a touchdown. So I guess we'll see. Um, this is another one of those situations where we'll get into the safeties here in just a second because I think they might want Antonio Johnson to play the slot, and he's pretty good in coverage. Um, I think he's better. I don't know if he's like a slot, slot nickel cornerback. Um, this is one of those situations where, you know, I wish that we had drafted Brian Branch um, or maybe even side C.J. Gardner-Johnson, which is very interesting that the Lions got them both. So I don't know exactly what the Lions' plans are because both of them excel in the slot. They might want Gardner Johnson to play more safety and have Brian Branch. But honestly, I think that Brian Branch is going to take the starting job. And I don't know if C.J. Gardner Johnson, I don't think he's, I think they're, the Lions are probably going to end up trading him before the end of the year. So if our slot woes aren't figured, aren't figured out by then, I would definitely trade for C.J. Gardner Johnson. Although I think the answer would have been Again, it's hard to know if Brenton Strange would have been there in the second round, but we easily could have traded up past the Patriots to get Brian Branch once he dropped out of the first round. And that would have instantly solved any slot issues that we have because he's one of the best slot players to come out of the league in a long time. And he played in Alabama's defense. And, um, you know, to plug a rookie in at the slot position, they have so many other guys to rely on him. You know, they don't really have to be like a stud right away. So again, we have some depth here. I think slot is the biggest thing that worries me. If you look about our team, the biggest holes are, the only holes are slot, and we still don't know if our edge guys are going to be able to do it. Um, so then we move on to safeties, and again, it kind of works in with what I was talking about the slot. We have Rayshon Jenkins and Andre Sisco to obviously start. I think Andre Sisco is going to play, I mean, I think Rayshon Jenkins is going to play very close to the box um, because he's good at filling up that last box role and sniffing out where the run is coming from and helping to get everybody lined up. Andre Sisco is going to play deep in the back, um, probably give that help, you know, that second help towards those really good wide receivers, you know, um, hopefully use his ball hawking skills to maybe get a nab a couple interceptions. Then we got Danzel Thomas, who's an excellent, um, excellent special teams player. Sorry, I forgot what I was talking about there for a second. Um, Daniel Thomas, excellent special teams player. We have Andrew Wingard, who actually coined the term that this podcast is named after. It was always the Jags. And then Antonio Johnson, who is a rookie. Now, Antonio Johnson was supposed to be the, he was probably my favorite pick of the draft, but right up next to Anton Harrison, um, because he was the second best slot player in the draft. 
Um, I would have much rather had the first best because, again, Brian Branch was so good and we could have had him both. And I think Brian Branch excels at coverage. Antonio Johnson more excels at tackling. So as in like Antonio Johnson, like the guy might catch the ball from the route that he's running in the slot and he'll tackle him. But it's like you want a guy that's not going to allow him to be open in the first place. And so I think Antonio Johnson is going to end up becoming our slot guy. I just don't know when because he hasn't he's been had some injuries and he hasn't got a chance to like really get his feet wet and play in the preseason. And so he purely got this roster. Well, he didn't purely get it, but I feel like he got this roster spot on his talent upside and the fact that we did kind of get a steal in the draft because he was graded as a first rounder by some first or second rounder and we got him in the fifth so I think that's why we're keeping five safeties he's going to end up playing our slot position um so I guess again we just have to kind of see what happens um I'm hoping Antonio Johnson gets the job and runs away with it and I hope we don't have to trade for somebody because um you know we've got a guy on a rookie contract and he has the talent to really play that position well um, and that would also free us up to like maybe the only trade that we need to make is a guy who can either push the pocket more from the inside or get another edge guy to kind of mix it around in there. Um, so then, of course, specialist, we got kicker Brandon McManus, punter Loger Cook, long snapper Ross Mastic. Um, um, I believe Mastic was hurt. Mastic was hurt, um, but he should be back now. He had a shoulder issue. Um, but I think he's back now, and we could see how rough it was without having him on there because we didn't have another long snapper. So that's another thing to keep in mind and for us to watch for throughout the season because a long snapper position, you don't think about it much, but it does have a big effect on your football team. Um, Logan Cook is one of the best punters in the NFL, and Brandon McManus was a nice um, upgrade. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that like contending teams do. We had a good kicker in Riley Patterson, but Brandon McManus is more consistent and has done it for longer. Um, so, and we were able to trade Riley Patterson to the Lions so that we didn't have to just outright release him. So I think McManus will be good for us. Uh, I think he's got a slightly stronger leg and he's a little bit more accurate. Um, of course, with all the touchdowns that Trevor's going to be throwing to Calvin Ridley, um, Brandon McManus is probably going to be more like, um, Hey guys, I have a job too. Do you want me to do anything? No. Okay. So very good. Overall, I think our special teams is set and it's very good. Offense is obviously set and it's going to be dynamic. I only have a couple of questions on the defense. Um, and like I said, the number one thing that I question is it seems like we're comfortable with that slot position. And I don't know why. I don't see why we should be. Um, it would be nice to sign a guy who can come right in and play it. I think Antonio Johnson can develop into that. But I think we're going to be in a lot of shootouts this year. And a lot of people are going to look to hit us over the middle. And so. We'll see how well that works, and especially if they're doing those quick throws, like that's not going to help Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen get better at sacking the quarterback because they're not going to have any time to get there. So that's why we need a good slot guy. And so, like I said, I'm hoping Antonio Johnson can become that and really develop into that. Only time will tell. Otherwise, this 50-man, 53-man roster does nothing to change my predictions for the year. I still have the Jaguars going 13-4. and four. Tony Baselli has them going that. Pete Prisco has them going that. Only games I pick them to lose, 49ers, I think the Bengals, I have them losing against the Saints just because of the, you know, that's a kind of a trap game, and then losing against um, the Chiefs. But we might even beat the Chiefs, and I could be wrong there, and that would be awesome. So, um, yeah, Jaguars going to have a fantastic season, going to be pushing for the number one seed. 
Um, I think if Trevor hits 5,000 yards, he will probably be the MVP, and I could see him doing it. Um, this is going to be probably one of the most exciting seasons in Jaguars history. And of course, this is the, with all the talk about them moving to Daytona Beach, um, I recently just moved from the Daytona Beach area all the way up to Charlotte. So if the Jaguars do, in fact, move to Daytona Beach to play their games at the International Speedway while they get a new stadium, I will be kicking myself for a very, very long time. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to Always the Jags. Next week, we're going to get into fantasy football. I've uh, got a couple of drafts coming up, and then um, the season starts. and We are underway. So yeah, podcast is going to come out every Tuesday. Again, we're going to talk about the game that we just had predicting the next one, and then getting into fantasy football. But today, I just wanted to go over the 53-man roster as we get ready for the season. And of course, it was always the Jags.